This is the Finding Strong Podcast. Push your limits, win the day, find your strong. Here's another episode. Pat, what's going on, man? Not much. How's it going over there? Hey, it's going well. And and much like you, I'm excited to dive into another episode of the Finding Strong podcast. But before we jump in, I got to take this time to give a shout out to a friend, a longtime sponsor, somebody who supports me as an athlete. Um, I want to talk about Prevail Botanicals. Yeah, tell me about them. So Prevail was formulated by Ultra Runner and my good friend Brock Cannon, uh, and it's actually his birthday today. So happy birthday, Brock. Um, you know, back in 2016, he found himself taking 12, up to 12 ibuprofen tablets a day to ease his pain after some of these like long mountain runs he was on and stuff like that. And like everybody, he knew the side effects of taking these products would eventually just catch up to him. They destroy his insides, his stomach linings. Uh, I talk about it all the time, why we shouldn't take NSAIDs if we don't need to. And so he went on a search for a better recovery solution. And after trying numerous botanicals and concoctions, he formulated one of the most potent full-spectrum CBD salves in existence. Um, so Prevail's CBD salve is a full-spectrum formula which comes from organically grown Colorado hemp plants and combined with uh, several other organic plants. And I know what you're thinking. Does this stuff really work? Well, I can tell you firsthand, and Pat, I know you were there. Let's go back to the North Country 50 Mile. Man, I was I was struggling uh, through, you know, obviously at 45 miles and stuff like that late into the race and running with the lead and running scared uh, and, and just having that CBD. I think it, I think it really helped my calf because my calf was giving me trouble, man. And that, that's to be expected after after 47 miles or 45 miles of some crazy hills. But oh, yeah, you, you saw it firsthand, man. I Like this stuff is a miracle worker. So, yes, I believe in it. I wouldn't be a part of the team if I didn't believe in it. I wouldn't take him on as a sponsor if I didn't believe in it. Um, so and if, if you don't believe me, you can read you can just read their Facebook reviews. I mean, they have all five star reviews, which is nearly unheard of. Unless you're the Finding Strong podcast, of course, because we're kind of <laughs> rocking up a lot too, right? Um, they offer a 30 day, no questions asked, money back guarantee. So if you're not fully satisfied with the results, they'll give you a full refund. In their awesome. history, fulfilling close to 2,000 orders, they've had one customer ever ask for a refund. And that says something. And if you guys are interested in trying it, um, go ahead and use my code. Uh, if you want to save some money, it doesn't, doesn't really put anything in my pocket, but what it will do is save you some money. So that's Bottenhorn 20 for 20% off your first prevail order. And that's Bottenhorn 20, B-O-T-T-E-N-H-O-R-N 20. You'll be throwing away your ibuprofen and feeling so much better with prevail. I can guarantee you that. But Pat, I think it's time to hop into this episode. Let's do it. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Finding Strong Podcast. I'm your host, Pat Gates, sitting here with Mark Bottenhorn. Hello, everyone. And then back on the pod, we got Michael Benvenuto. Hey, guys. How's it going? Good, 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 man. How's everything down there in uh, New Mexico? Uh, New Mexico is, uh, it's a strange place to be. You know, coming from New York, uh, just a short, like, five or six months ago, now being out in the middle of the desert, um, I feel like I'm quarantined every day living here. So, uh it's it's been it's been interesting living. My wife and I are having a good time staying at home, going for walks in the afternoon, going for runs, but uh you know, still working from home every day on conference calls pretty much from 7 a.m. till 
you know, five o'clock my time. So yeah. it's, it's been busy. It's been busy. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I bet. Michael, I can't help but think you dodged a bullet. Even <laughs> out there. <laughs> I know, yeah. man. I've heard so many stories from friends who are, you know, still in Jersey city, still in New York. Uh, and it is just a wild scene out there. It really does feel like uh, the contagion movie or uh, escape from New York. You know, people are yeah. trying to find Airbnbs to just get away from the city. Yeah. My wife and I definitely feel very blessed to be out here in New Mexico while this quarantine is going on and not uh, in New York. Yeah, man, that's that's kind of that's scary stuff, man. I'm glad. I hope everything, uh, relatives, friends in New York and New Jersey are doing all right. Yeah, everybody's hanging in there. You know, they're dealing with it. It's it's been tough from a uh, training standpoint. I know a couple of my friends out there. They're not even allowed to leave their apartments. You have to stay in your apartment. You can't go use the parks or run anywhere. The, if a cop sees you out, they're they're going to tell you to go back to your house. Wow. So. Yeah, and this is North Korea. They're in, yeah, <laughs> or China. Yeah, yeah, Jersey City, man. All right, well, don't even get me started on that because I could go down a whole another wormhole, <laughs> and I don't want to kill the mood of the podcast. Totally, totally, totally. So, so this is uh, pretty exciting because we're going to break down effectively what the anatomy of uh, of a training week is like in in uh, base training and. We're going to use my – usually I'll use an athlete's training log to do it, but we're going to use my training log uh, this time around. And um, we're going to get into details about it. I, I've got 11 – going 11 weeks back or, – or, geez, that would oh be a long podcast. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> no, going 11 days back from today, um, so that would have been uh, Monday the 13th of April it would be the first day. So we'll go back through that, talk about the, the reasons we do it, talk about some similarities with what your training has been uh, – Michael and uh, Pat will break the news later in the podcast about what's going on. For sure. But before I get into any of that, I want to say congratulations to you, Pat, on on picking up some uh, some new weights to add to your home gym. <laughs> Thanks, man. I appreciate it. For every for everybody that doesn't know, Patrick was able to pick himself up a 15 pound kettlebell today. Dude, everything <laughs> everything has been so uh, has been so ransacked. The first thing I saw, I was like, "Shit, I gotta I gotta get it, man. It's a hot commodity." So yeah, uh, you know you're uh, the scene in, in the office where uh, Michael opens up the trunk and he's and Jim's like, "Hey, what 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 uh, how much are those uh, those little weights there?" He's like, 10 pounds." He's like, "No, five. <laughs> that's how. I, yeah, that's, how that, that's how I feel. Sounds sounds like the Toys R Us my first weight set. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm going I'm going for tone. I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> yeah, I'm not bulking today. Yeah, high reps, uh, <laughs> high reps, low weight. You need about five, six hundred reps. Um, okay, so let's so let's dive into this. I just pat. The only thing I want to say is don't hurt your joints with any of that really really tough weight that you're lifting there. Thanks, man. I and appreciate that. Let's uh, let's dive into this. So we'll break it down. So getting, going back to last Monday, I start my training weeks on a Monday, which is pretty typical for anybody. Um, I think people who start them on Sundays are weird. Uh, so Monday. Um, Knocked out 90 minutes, so 13 miles, pretty much right on the dot, about seven, about seven minute pace on that. So just an easy run on a Monday. Uh, honestly, I only planned to go for 75 minutes, but I went for 90 because I was feeling good and I just got furloughed at work. So I was um, angry. So I said, you know what? I'm just going to run longer because I have nothing else to do. Um, and that worked out really well. So I had a really good, so that was just an easy aerobic run at seven minute pace. You're going to see a whole lot of these. Um, remember the easy runs are kind of where we're really building 
that aerobic foundation, and this is what it's like in base training. So it's pretty typical. So, Mark, on, on those easy runs, what time do you like to try to get out for uh, for a run like that? Are you out early in the morning? Are you a nighttime guy? No, I try to train really early in the morning. Uh, typically, if I was traveling with work, that would mess it up. But now that I'm not working, it makes it really easy. Uh, so first thing in the morning, what I do is typically um, we, my wife and I have this little Zen zone out the you know, with our with a really nice patio. And um, we have it all decked up with some uh, trees and I got a palm tree and just some other stuff. So it's a good time. I sip on some uh, green tea or my uh, Endurly, uh pre-workout. And um, so I, I do that. And then I do work on about five coaching logs while I'm waiting. Uh, so hopefully I can go poop. And then I get out the doors. So basically first thing in the morning on these, Michael, fasted. I always run fasted. So. Yeah. And uh, I know you're a guy who rotates his shoes during the week on those longer easy runs are you going with like a more cushy shoe yes and the longer and the longer so on those days i mean every run i've done has been over 10 miles in this in this period of time but yeah for, so for those for those like 13 14 15 16 mile runs that you'll see coming up um i use the 1080 new balance 1080 so on my on my really easy days i use the 1080 or the 880 typically cool um so then if we fast forward to the next day so that was 13 miles uh, April 13th, April 14th. Um, I was feeling good. I remember I ran out into a brutal headwind and it was like 740 pace on the way out and I ended up averaging 705 pace. So that was an hour and 10 minutes, 70, 70 minutes. So that was 10 miles just again, right at about seven minute pace. The funny part about that run is the first half of it was at like 730, 740 pace. So with the wind in my back, I was really cruising on the way back, just feeling good. Uh, so those runs, those two are pretty run of the mill. So, you know, that's nothing big there, but then this is where it starts to get a little bit interesting. So Wednesday of that week, I ran a 70, you know, I ran easy 70 with uh, six time 30 second pickups. So I ended up running 10 and a half at six forty seven pace on that one. And you can see my first two runs were about seven minute pace, right? Uh, this run was about six, almost close to six forty five, And that's just because I ran the same paces, but the pickups injected into the run. Um, obviously sped my whole run up. And how and, quick uh, are you bouncing back in those uh, rest periods in between? Are you pretty much dialing yourself right back into seven minute pace after a pickup or, or do, yes. do you, do you need to like give yourself a couple breaths, maybe like five, 10 seconds of an easy jog before you dial back in? So how I typically do it is I wait till the last two miles of my run or so. Um, and then I, and then I do a pickup on every half mile. Um, so, I'll, I'll do 30 seconds at about four, depending on if you're going uphill, wind, all these factors, but if you have to turn, but usually 440 to 445 pace for the pickup, 30 seconds. And then I'm pretty much falling right back to my normal easy pace, um, which tends to be after pickups, you know, usually about 640 pace. Um, so then I'll start again on the next half mile. And those are really important because you're forming a neuromuscular connection. Uh, obviously, you're training your body to be able to run really fast while not stressing your body too much. And you're priming yourself for the workout the next day. So I think that's what we'll, we'll jump into. And that's the reason behind pickups. And I, we talk about it a lot on here. Um, so on Thursday, uh, first speed workout of, of the training block. So four days in, um, 11, 11.6 miles total at 628 pace. Um, with, uh, six times 60 seconds, 45 seconds, 30 seconds fartlek. So basically it's 60 seconds hard, 60 seconds, easy, 45 seconds, hard, a minute, 15, easy, 30 seconds, hard, 90 seconds, easy. So you're basically starting every two minutes on a new, uh, new interval. Um, you know, I hit these perfectly. I think I was running them all about 450 pace. 
Um, wow. And I, I went for six of those. So, you know, 36 minutes of that alternating between, I think I was alternating between 450 pace to, you know, five minute pace uh, to about 640 pace on the offs. So I was moving anywhere between five, you know, 450 and 650 wow. on average. Hey, and, uh, hot, hot tip out there for all the listeners. When you have a complicated workout like that, where it's uh, a specific time set and then multiple rounds of that, I always like to write it on my arm in Sharpie because I am the worst at losing count. Mark can tell you from my logs where he'll tell me to do like four of something or five or six of something. And I end up doing like two or three more because I lose count. And I'm like, wait, was that two or four? So write them on your arm, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a, that's a good way to do it. This one, it sounded like now that I'm describing it to you over the airwaves, it sounds more complicated than it is, but really it's basically, you're just doing 60, 45, 30. And, uh, you're doing, you're doing one of those every two minutes. So each set takes six minutes and it's basically you're doing, you're resting to whatever it takes to get to the two minutes before you start again. So that makes it pretty easy. It takes a guess workout, but yeah, I mean, it sounds complicated, more complicated than it is, but either way, 11 and a half, uh, 11 and a half miles, uh, six, about six twenty five pace on that. Um, pretty easy considering there was just so much time rest. And the reason I did this workout is obviously, again, it's the neuromuscular connection. It's getting the legs turning over, really developing some speed in the base without stressing my body too much and straining my body. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that, uh, kind of shorter interval, you know, or shorter fart leg sessions is good. You won't see me doing any 12 mile or 10 mile tempo runs during this time as I'm building a base. I would like sure. to come through this base averaging about, 85, 86 miles a week would be, would be a home run for me. So we'll see what happens. I'm uh, going to listen to my body though, first and foremost. So, yeah. uh, you know, sitting at that so on, point, uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So on those, on those speed workouts, you know, I'm a gear guy, Mark. I always love talking about this stuff on the, mm-hmm. on the speed workout days, you run in, in like a little bit more of like a lightweight racing flat type shoe or uh, like a, what you'd wear in a, a distance marathon, something a little lighter, a little quicker. Uh, on this particular one, I was running in the uh, the Fuel Cell Rebel, which is uh, Fuel Cell is basically a nitrogen infused TPU foam, so it's like super responsive. Um, it feels good underfoot. A lot of people don't think it's enough underfoot. I think it is. So yeah, it's a little bit lower profile, six millimeter heel to toe drop, a little bit more springy, a little bit more bouncy, but substantial enough underfoot to race a marathon in certainly. Cool. Yeah, yeah, and and I'm I'm also running in a like a carbon fiber plate issue from New Balance, and then another prototype carbon carbon plated shoe like for elite athletes uh oh. so i'm i'm rotating those in on my on my workouts as well uh but oh i have my god i need i need ultra to get me a carbon shoe when is when when is hey ultra my buddy's out there get me a carbon <laughs> escalante for the boston marathon when that thing kicks back in in september please yeah we'll see what they can do for you um <laughs> so so yeah that's my that's my reasoning behind that workout um so then so that was on a thursday so we'll go to friday now uh, this is the interesting part because I woke up in the morning, uh, did my normal routine. I uh, sipped some green tea before this one. It wasn't uh, wasn't pre workouts, so don't worry about that. Sipped some green tea, worked on some coaching. I said, "All right, got to get out the door for this long run." And I went out and I ran 110 minutes uh, long run, which I had planned an hour 50 at seven minute pace. Um, half of it on grass. The funny part about this is I thought it was Saturday uh, when I left my house. <laughs> So that's why I did my long run on Friday. I typically do it on Saturday. Um, so I ended up running 15.7 miles on Friday. And I got home and then Brittany told me it was back Friday. <laughs> and what kind, of, what kind of pace were you running there? 
Uh, so on, on this one, it's, it's interesting. I can pull the, I have the splits up right here. Uh, so on the long run, I, I always take it slow on the start. Usually just all my runs, pretty much the first mile is about 720 pace. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but basically you see it went from 725 pace, but that first mile straight uphill. So the grade adjusted was 715, but mm-hmm. I just went 725, seven minutes, 707, 711, 716. The seven minute was straight downhill. Um, so 716, 712, 706, 706, uh, seven minutes. And then it starts just going just into my normal, you know, at mile nine was seven minutes. Then, then the next, uh, the next six miles were 646, 652, 645, 650, 650, 650, uh, Ooh. and then six and then 650. So just normal working into it. Um, the first, really the first half of that, or almost the first third of that run ended up being on grass. So I wanted to get into that softer surface, uh, primarily because I've been running all these miles on no doubles. So um, that's the reason behind what, it. So what does just, that mean? What does that mean? Running all these miles on no doubles? What does that I mean? I didn't. I didn't run two times uh, on any given day. So and oh, okay. the reason, you know, typically if you start seeing athletes get over fifty-five miles a week or something, they'll start to add in doubles. Uh, like a second run in the day. Um, but I think 55 is way too low for that. And, and for me, uh, in general, you got to think, uh, to get any truly aerobic aspect, you know, or benefit from a run, you have to typically be out for at least about 20 to 30 minutes before you gain anything from it. So I almost sometimes look at like the first 20 minutes of my run is just really to get me into the run. You know, it's kind of a wash. So if I, if I do that two times in one day, I'm better off if I'm going to do 60 minutes and 30 minutes for me, just because I'm so durable and and injuries aren't really a concern for me, I'm just going to do 90 minutes in one session because I feel like there's greater aerobic benefit, especially going beyond that hour mark. And there's pretty low risk because I can handle the volume. So for people who Mm -hmm. can't, handle the volume and they're new to it obviously we wouldn't want to throw them on you know 80 90 mile weeks with with uh singles so mm-hmm. uh so that's the that's the story on that but yeah just you know started real easy uh really i live at the bottom of a hill so and it's a steep hill so there's no other way to start than easy so it kind of works out well um <laughs> So going on to Saturday, I, I did Friday's planned run, which was 10.3 miles, uh, so about 70 minutes there. Uh, this one I took easy, so 7.14 pace, try to get in that recovery zone, um, and that worked out pretty well. Like typically in this situation, I'll just get lost in a podcast and, and see what I can learn there. So that nothing, nothing, uh, nothing sexy about that run, but truly the beauty in it is, is that it, it gets the job done. It makes me feel great. It's a good recovery and I'm ready to go for the next day. Uh, and then finally I rounded out the, the, uh, week with, uh, 10 miles on Sunday. It was super humid. Um, but just, just about seven minute pace, 400 feet of gain, 10 miles. So fairly hilly, but nothing crazy. And that's what the first week looked like. Uh, basically one session of pickups, one pretty long run, 13 miles, you know, kind of a medium long run to start the week, which is something I've kind of fallen into and I like. And, um, one kind of fart like session, uh, which was the 60, 45, 30 seconds times six for me. Uh, when I prescribe it to an athlete, I usually do three to four for them. Uh, for me, six, I knew I could handle the volume. I don't. And as people get, you know, do a little more like an athlete like Brian or something like that, I, I give him six of those as well. Um, so then now if we, I, so there was no rest days, obviously I ran 80.5 miles for that week on seven days. Yeah, what's the what's the deal there? I was going to ask. No rest day or? Yeah, so I typically, I mean, like, I mean, when I'm Michael, as you know, when I'm going, like I typically take a rest day. 
twice a month, once a month. Um, because some of these were like really easy 715 to 725 pace runs are kind of like rest days as they are. Um, but I will be taking a rest day this week, but that's, that's beside the point. So I guess the last time I, it's, uh, at the time of this recording is April 23rd. The last time I took a rest day was April 5th. So, Mm. and I feel great. I feel tremendous. That's the, uh, the beauty of it. I think one of, uh, Pat and I have a friend, uh, an acquaintance we'll say, uh, named Adam Iser and, when he ran his PR in the marathon and made an alternate on Hungary's kind of world championship team, he took three rest days the whole year. Wow. Yeah. And it's, it's important to know that I'm not recommending that to anybody. I think most people benefit from at least one rest day a week. Um, I obviously Mm -hmm. have, I've been doing this a long time. I'm very durable. I have a good understanding of my body. Uh, I really have this intrinsic voice in my body. When I, when I know that something's wrong, I'm able to back off. So mm-hmm. I don't recommend anybody just not take rest days, but typically I'll, t- I'll go two weeks without a rest day. So I'll go two weeks now, does straight. You, does your coach build in any options for you during the week? Like coming off that uh, Thursday speed workout, the multiple rounds of fartlek, like does he build in, Hey, if your legs don't feel great on Friday, if you feel pretty toasted, just go out and jog, you know, three miles or go for a walk. Is there ever anything like that since you're always so heavy loaded? So that's a good question. Let me, let me ask my coach. Okay. Yep. Uh, here I am. And the, <laughs> and, and the answer is, uh, it depends on how I'm, it depends on how I'm feeling. So I already have that built in. Um, and, and when Matt does write my training plans and, and he will in the future, uh, when, when he is writing that stuff for me, he always, you know, I, he's always a text or phone call away anyway. Um, yeah. but I have a good understanding of what to do. Like, I know if I got eight miles on a, on a, Friday and I feel like crap, then maybe I just hop on the bike and cross train, or maybe I just take the day off in general. So, um, I don't take a lot of rest days, but I know when to take them. And I always listen to my body. I'm never just going to run just for the, for a streak or something like that. If that makes sense. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. No, it makes definitely sense. Does. I, I guess, I guess I'm so deep into having this hip injury. I'm like a year and a half almost dealing with it. I forget what it's like to, uh, run and not have to take constant rest days. <laughs> Yeah, well, Michael, you're an old man, and you're talking to the young. <laughs> you're talking to the young bull here. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, re- the old man in the desert of New Mexico. <laughs> That's okay. You got a lot of years left in those legs, man. Um, <laughs> so then, now moving on to this week. So starting Monday. So so just last week, really quick, was eighty eighty and a half miles with with no rest days, all on single runs, no double runs. Um, so this week, so far, week to date, we're on Thursday. I've got 42 miles in, uh, so just over 10 miles a day again. Uh, Monday was just an 11.5-mile easy run. So my Mondays are typically always easy runs. When I'm writing training plans, a lot of times they can be a rest for certain groups of athletes. Um, but for me, I try to get a big chunk of it out of the way there. Uh, so knocked out 11.5. I think that's about 80 minutes on that run. Um yeah, it was 80 minutes right in the dot, so seven-minute pace. Uh, I wrote smooth as butter on my training log, so I must have had a Ooh. pretty buttery day. Um, yeah, plant, buddy. Plant butter, though, not not regular <laughs> butter. Um, and I didn't do any pickups on that run, I think, because I was anticipating doing a workout the next day, and, and, and uh, it was I was – the next day I had planned 10 times 200 meters fast, 200 meters off. Um, so when I do 200 meters, they're so short, I tend not to do pickups before because the 200 meters are about 30 seconds as it is. Uh, so I just wanted to keep my legs, uh, not strain them too much because this workout is brutally hard on the legs. So this week, Tuesday, I did 10 times 200 meters on 200 meters off. 
the reason for doing the 200 meters is obviously to build that anaerobic speed. Uh, anaerobic, again, means in the absence of oxygen. So it's not something that's anaerobic. It's something that can only do in short bursts. Um, so it'd be 200 meters on with 200 meter float jogs. Uh, the jogs were about 715 pace to 720 pace. And the ons were about 420 pace. So I averaged about 32 seconds, just over 32 seconds per, per 200. Um, and relatively speaking, Colorado has a famous workout that they do, uh, where they do as many 200s as they can with a 200 meter jog. And, um, it's, you have to, you have to continuously hit, uh, under 30 seconds for the 200, for the 200 meters. So as long as you can keep hitting it with a 30 second jog, you keep going. So it's kind of like a King of the Hill type workout. Oh, wow. So ah. I think it's really cool. It's something that I wouldn't go out and do cause I would tear my, groin or something doing it i mean this this is way out of my wheelhouse and um they're doing it on a track obviously i was doing this so what's i think even a little bit better about the 32 seconds is it's not it wasn't done on the track it was done on the road so it's going to be slower obviously there's there's wind hill variation stuff like that uh traffic at times so um you know that was a for me that was a pretty solid workout to average 420 pace for the uh and actually you know what that might have been that might have been 420 that I did the workout on. So I averaged 420 per mile on, on, on April 20th. So very cool. That's amazing. That's right. That's right. Very, that's right, baby. Legalize it. Very, that's perfect. Yes, brother. <laughs> um, yeah. So then, you know, so recovering from that workout was key. So later at night I foam rolled, um, I foam rolled really on two occasions after that workout. Um, we always have to be really care, you know, careful and cautious because those really high intensity anaerobic workouts where you're doing a lot of fast repeats, they, especially if you don't do them a lot, like coming from an ultra runner or something, um, they take a tremendous toll on your, uh, on, on the tendons of your body, um, just because you're not used to using moving at that pace. Uh, but to eventually move at that pace, obviously you have to be able to build the foundation. So that's why it's important. Uh, so in recovery, obviously you're going to want to make sure, um, that, you, that you're moving around and movement is important, but uh, you want to make sure that you're taking it easy as well. So it's a balance. And I, I was sure to foam roll a lot, um, really just really focus on that. I need some good food. And then the next day was like, take it, you know, pretty easy was the goal. So I ran 75 minutes on Wednesday as a recovery for that. Um, at that point in the last 10 days, I hit 112 miles in the last 10 days, feeling really good. Um, average 715 pace, which is right about the target I try to hit when I really try to make it a recovery focus day. So I think that was perfect, kind of right on what I wanted to hit. Um, then today, so that brings us to today. So that brings us to the 11th day of this kind of uh, on season. Um, I titled it in my training log, Another Day of Yard Time on House Arrest. <laughs> this morning, I was pretty frustrated. Um, I got into a little bit of a dark place, certainly. Um, and, uh, usually running, I feel great. Uh, I have no issues during, and, and, and I've been really positive throughout this whole thing, but today I just kind of took a, I sunk down a little bit, but you know, easy 70 minute run. Typically my runs in the morning, 70, 75 minutes, uh, seven minute pace. So just that easy aerobic run, building mitochondrial density, building capillary density, uh, burning fat as fuel. So just that really effective, you know, kind of 130, 135 beats a minute, seven minute pace stuff. Nothing super attractive in these last 11 days, but what it has been as it's been really consistent and it's, it's really laying a solid foundation. So, you know, I ran a hundred and, in the last 11 days, I ran a hundred and what is that? Yeah. I ran about a hundred and hundred and 
30 miles in the last 11 days so far on all on single runs, no doubles. So, Holy cow. That's incredible. Yeah. So it's that's been... a heck of a week. That's a heck of 11 days. Yeah. And I, I have to say, I'm sure that there are a lot of people out there too. And uh, Pat, I'm sure you're doing the same thing. Whenever Mark says, Oh, real easy pace, real casual, skippy jog at seven fifteen, <laughs> You just want to uh, just scream out F you. Uh, but Mark, you're just, it's uh, a testament to how hard you've worked uh, all these years to build up that kind of strength and speed. Yeah, well, and these kind of workouts. They yeah. develop that, so it's 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 uh it's proof in the pudding there. For sure, for sure, and I've tried to find other ways to explain it other than just like easy. But that's really by definition in any 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 modern training plan that is like easy aerobic running. That is it. Uh, it doesn't mean so easy that that you could do forty eight hours of it, but it means so easy that you could do it for a real long time. I mean, when I finish those easy easy runs between 7 and 7.15 pace or 6.50 and 7.15 pace, I, I really most times, unless it's really, really humid, I leave my run feeling like I could do a lot more. And that's a key on workouts as well and, and everything like that. So while I've hit some pretty fast, you know, I won't talk about the 200s because they're supposed to be fast, but, you know, 4.50, 4.45 pace on some of these fartlek runs, um, it's, you know, it's, it, it's, it's, all, it's all relative. So it's it, – it's been really, you know, those, those runs were still very conservative for me. Like I knew I had a lot of recovery to work with. I knew the, the intervals were pretty short. I, you wouldn't see me hitting 445 pace for 10 minute intervals or something like that. Um, so it's important to remember that it's all relative, but it's also to, to put that in context, when you talk about how hard, you know, somebody's worked to get there or whatever it is, I, I, you know, back in 2015, Pat and I were living together and I did a, I did my first workout, man. This my friend gave it to me, and he said, "Go do this 15-minute tempo run." So I did a warm up, and I did this 15-minute tempo run, and it was in summertime, so it was hot, but it was like I averaged 6:55 pace for the tempo run portion, and 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 every fiber of muscle in my body burned. Uh, like my my shoulders, I feel like I couldn't hold them up anymore at 6:55 pace. Like it was the hardest workout ever. I was begging just to be done with 15 minutes and it was probably much harder than a tempo run really should be it was like all out for 15 minutes basically and i was like oh my god 655 pace like that's what it is now you know i i just did a 12 mile tempo run that was 15 minutes i did it was so it was just barely over two miles i did a 12 mile tempo run not too long ago at 547 pace um you know i run that tempo run pace was was like i couldn't probably even hold that for a 5k at that point and and now I can run it for 50 miles. So, uh, you know, that, that 655, like that's like my 50 mile race pace. So, or, or soon to be 50 mile race pace. So to put it in context, like, um, yes, I've worked hard, but the thing is, is I don't see myself as like, you know, overly talented or anything like that. I think that, um, I'm relentlessly dedicated for sure. And I think that everybody, uh, can improve, you know, a, a substantial amount. And I think that, that I'm maybe a testament of it, but uh, I, so I think that's a good thing that you bring up, Michael. It's all relative. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I definitely agree with that. Especially because, no. yeah, because I, I, I was there when you – because you ran before. I was there when you started running before, and then, like, you kind of, like, didn't give up running, but you kind of, like, weren't pursuing it in the in the fashion you are now. And no, then, you know, that was the first time I got, like, a little bit out of shape in my life. I won't say out of shape uh, by any means. Cause like fitness was still like, but we were only playing soccer and we were, we were working, Pat and I were, were co-managing a soccer store and it was just like a huge <laughs> fuck around session. Like everything we did was a fucking complete joke. Oh man. And, and, um, 
we would eat these pizza rolls from across the like Dude. our whole thing was about what food we were going to eat and what we were going to watch on Netflix. That was our work day. Stromboli, baby. Yep. 2015 yep. dark times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so, no. Yeah. I mean, it was you're right. I didn't give up, but um, I was definitely not. I was not running with any structure. Um, I wasn't really I, I never had taken it serious before that at all, really. So that was that was kind of brand new. And it was it's obviously changed my life infinitely for the better oh yeah so 100 percent. now pat i want to get into a little bit of a challenge that you're taking on <laughs> and uh, get michael's take on it so pat a while back uh on new year's eve to be specific ran a 5k on belle isle and what was the time you ran do you have the official time i don't have the official time but it was about 22 40 something i don't i don't remember i don't really keep track of all that stuff yeah. Go on Athlinks. It'll all be right there. Come on, buddy. <laughs> I don't know. Get your act together. Man, that stuff doesn't really, that stuff doesn't really matter to me. Like, if if you're not, can we get the. Do, do we have somebody in the booth, like in our research team, that uh, we could just call this out to and say, "Hey, can you go? Hey, research, go check this out." If you're not defining yourself by your 5K time, you're not living right. Okay. <laughs> Jeez, I have a tattooed on the inside of my leg. Ridiculous. <laughs> um, no, but yeah, so you ran about 2240 and some change, whatever it was. Yeah. So we're putting Pat on a and, – and obviously Pat is not a all you know out-and-out out runner. Like he's had some success in obstacle course racing in the past. And 2240 is not his PR, but it's his most recent time. And, um, you know, he does a lot of different, a lot of different things from jiu-jitsu to, uh, to, to the, some skateboarding to, to cycling to running. So he's – I'm more of a one-trick pony. Pat is multifaceted. Um, I'm better than him at every single thing that he does, <laughs> but but I don't choose to focus on it. Um, okay, okay. So so anyway, that's the background for this. So we're putting Pat on a structured training plan, and he is four days into that bad boy. Yes. Sir. And after four weeks, we're going to have this guy run a 5K, and we are going to compare his current fitness level of 2240 and see what he does in we'll say five weeks. Um, and we're going to do a podcast on that and, and some of the things he thought about training and some of the things that, that he didn't like and some of the things that he did like and some things that he will add to his permanent training. So that would be a cool yeah. uh, journey to follow. Yeah. What's, no, what's your plan for that? Uh, the, well, the, fir- the first day, the first day, you said, you know, go out, go out and run uh, 35 minutes. I'm like, all right, cool, no problem. I usually kind of do that anyway. Um, so, yeah, but then you said – but you added in some pickups. So, like, four, like, 30-second pickups uh, at, the, at the second half of the run. Um, However, the first day I started, it was we had like a we were having snow flurries. It was like thirty freaking degrees here, and I remember going out. I'm like, this I'm gonna I'm gonna kill Mark when I next time I see him. He's, <laughs> I, I am upset. But then but then like a couple miles in or whatever, I get a snow flurry to smack that right in my face, and I remember saying, "You are one bad motherfucker to be out here, man." And that was the first thing that that popped in my head. It wasn't like Yo, this shit sucks. Like, I'm I'm just gonna go home. I'm just gonna do this when this gets warmer out. The first thought that came into my head was, "You're a bad motherfucker being out here and running this shit." So, uh, so yeah. I, so just like, all right, well, that's it. And it fired me up, and I started running. I started running. I picked up my pace a little bit too. So, like, and it was a good good first run. Second day was uh, kind of similar, but wasn't as 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 cold or wasn't weird and snow flurries. But yeah, man, it's been it's been good the last four days. 
Good. You're off to a you're off to a really good start with it. Um, I will note that 30 degrees is not very cold uh, to run in. There are a lot of people listening. Oh my god, so much shade. Yes, there are a lot of people <laughs> listening right now that are they're laughing at that. They're saying no, 30 dude. degrees. I ran in five degrees in my long johns, dude. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I did that too, but all the, at the same time, they're like there there was snow flurries and it was 30 mile an hour winds. So like it's like there's a lot of there's a lot of reasons not to be outside. Yeah. Yeah, Mark, stop stop trying to redirect possible listener vitriol from your previous easy jog skip seven minute pace to his <laughs> yeah, calling thirty yeah, degrees. Yeah, cold. bro, not everyone's got seventy Jeez. degree weather year round, bro. Yeah, in my defense <laughs> in my defense when I wrote this training plan for you it was eighty seven degrees. So I was like <laughs> yeah. he's gonna be out there in a hot one. <laughs> nope. Yeah, we're in the mid seventies here in New Mexico. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that <laughs> So Michael what has your training been like? Uh, so since since we last spoke and the Boston Marathon officially got called, um, I took a couple of days off, uh, and then I kind of just kicked back into gear and said, I just need to get out and keep running. Uh, the goal being keep myself in as good a shape as possible without causing myself any pain to, to get myself to the point where I could go into surgery and then be able to bounce back quickly. So the goal for me has been to go out and run four miles every day, um, somewhere in the range of uh, 7.15 to 7.45 pace, uh, depending on how windy it is here in New Mexico. It's pretty windy in the spring. We get like pretty consistent 20-mile-an-hour winds, so it makes it tough. Um, and then on the weekends, there's a, a beautiful terrain park like a mile up from my house where people ride their dirt bikes and four wheelers and stuff like that. So it's a lot of like up and down single track type stuff. Um, so I'll go up there and I'll do like six miles on Saturday, six miles on Sunday. So I've been doing that pretty consistently the last four and a half weeks. Uh, Monday, which was marathon Monday. Uh, I tried to see how many miles I could get done throughout the day, just like going out and getting one or two miles in, in between conference calls. And I ended up getting almost 14 in on Monday and that absolutely wrecked me. <laughs> I was, my hip was so sore uh, all day Tuesday. Uh, I tried to go out and run again, put in two miles and just limped my way home. Uh, so I gave myself a good rest day Wednesday, went out today for another four and felt pretty good. Actually logged uh, two miles in the 650 pace out of the four. So I'm, I'm keeping myself in good shape running, lifting weights. I was able to go out and secure some weights that were above 15 pounds God, uh, when, the, when the quarantine hit. Can't win today. Can't, can't <laughs> so, win today. Yeah. So I, I've just been trying to maintain some kind of mileage every day, keep myself in good shape. Um, unfortunately, with everything with COVID, um, my appointment with a, with a hip specialist isn't going to happen until sometime in June. So uh, – Bad news, Mark. I don't think we're going to be able to get the surgery done before Boston in September. So we're going to have to suck it up again. Oh, that's uh, that's up to you. That's fine. It's your hip, not mine. No, that's all good. Yeah. Um, Michael, I do want to dive a little bit more into the Boston Marathon just for the people who are listening really quick. But, Pat, I do want to say, yeah, sure. why weren't you, Pat, why weren't you better prepared with having weight before this happened? Like, why were you just now trying to buy weights? Well, you, number one, you, you have my my thirty five pound dumbbell or uh, kettlebell in Texas. Uh, <laughs> number two, number two, I go to the I go to the gym every day. So like I live, I have a tiny apartment. So like I don't just keep like 
that stuff on hand. Dude, that's so classic. I just wanted you to say that. I when I moved, I took my I took your kettlebell with me to Dallas. That's what got me pumped up. God dang, man. <laughs> Um, but no, Michael, how are you, how are you reacting to the, the Boston marathon, like being canceled? What has been your, your outlook on it? Um, because there, you know, there are 25 run strong athletes alone that were set to go to Boston, um, current run strong athletes this year alone. And, you know, countless more that, that listen to the podcast and some that follow you on Instagram. So tell, tell us like what that battle's been like. Oh, it's been really tough. You know, um, I know a lot of people are dealing with various disappointments, uh, as a result of this, you know, COVID pandemic that's going on right now. Um, it, it's been really disappointing. It's been tough thinking about the weeks leading up to the race. You know, I obviously had put in a, a ton of markers in my Google calendar. So like every Monday morning at 6 a.m., I'm getting a notice that says like four weeks till Boston, three weeks till Boston. Um, so it was, it's been pretty tough uh, dealing with the disappointment. Uh, Monday was really tough. Um, Waking up that morning, the the whole weekend, you know, knowing I was supposed to run like the BBA 5K on Saturday, looking forward to just seeing a, a, a lot of folks and friends, you know, seeing new Mark out there in Boston, seeing my family. So Monday was a real downer of a day. Tried to turn it around by by heading out there and running, um, but the whole process has been a little frustrating. Uh, not to not to bash the BBA or BAA, sorry, Boston Athletic Association, but their communication to the runners has been a little weird. Um, you know, they really have put out like very small pieces of info. Uh, we've really got only two choices right now, which is either you can get your money back or you can commit to be there in September. Uh, they've made it clear that you cannot defer to 2021. Um, you know, I, I think they're kind of putting people in a tough spot with that um, to rearrange travel. Uh, you know, I, I know it's just tough for people and I, I can only imagine what that would be like if you couldn't make that September date and you had your your 2020 Boston entry completely wiped. Yeah, um, yeah. It's, it's so it, it's just pretty wild. It's it's been a wild few days. This, like I said, this week was a little sad. The over the weekend was a little sad. Just thinking about what I would have been doing that whole weekend. And again, I don't know why I didn't erase all the stuff out of my Google Calendar, but I had like going to the expo Saturday afternoon. You know, like getting that notification kind of bummed me out. So it's, it's been tough. It's been disappointing. Um, kind of an extra kick in the butt by knowing I'm not going to be able to get um, that hip procedure done ahead of, ahead of the race in September. That's also been, uh, you know, kind of another, another downer. I got that news uh, two days ago from uh, the, from the doctor's office. So it, it's been tough. It's been difficult, but all the support and just talking to, uh, you know, friends uh, on Instagram, you know, uh, our, our buddies down in San Diego, they're quite a riot, uh, giving each other crap, Chris and Aaron <laughs> debating back and forth over, uh, Oh, wow, wow, wow. You missed your race and everyone's dying <laughs> that, uh, yeah. that Chris likes to put up on his feed. And I always give him shit every time he does that. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's been a tough process. It's, it's definitely been difficult. Yeah. You know, I want to, I, I want to say, I think, um, for a lot of athletes like this is, this is, this is truly challenging because like not just Boston, but I mean, so many people, countless people have had races canceled. I was supposed to race uh, last weekend at the hundred K uh, national championships and stuff like that. And I think, you know, a lot of people have taken it really hard and yes, it doesn't take away from the seriousness of, of what's going on. I mean, there's very real people are suffering. So uh, yeah, what I want to say is like, obviously these are very, very challenging times and, 
um, there are a lot of people suffering for a lot of different reasons. Um, you know, there are, there are f first responders um, who are who are going through a lot and working crazy hours and potentially putting themselves at risk. There are people who are sick. There are people who are dying. There are people who are losing loved ones or getting caring for sick loved ones. And um, but it doesn't, you know, there's you know there are people who are financially struggling, and it doesn't it doesn't take away from the fact that like this still hurts. I mean, to some people, running or sports or whatever it may be, it could be just a game. Um, but to some people, like I can speak only on my own, uh, behalf, it's so much more than a, than a game. Cause one for one, it's my, my livelihood, but, but two, I mean, it's been my saving grace and running has rescued me from the deepest and darkest depths of, uh, of what I was struggling with. And, and Pat, I mean, you saw firsthand the toll that it was taking on my body and, and I credit a lot of, um, the changes I've made to my life to, to, to running and, you know, being able to compete is it, at a really high level is something that's beautiful, but it's it wasn't the intent, and it, and it, it isn't the reason certainly still. And so to to go on and say like, you know, it sucks that my race got canceled, but all these other people are struggling with this, and it takes precedence. And you know, those things are are a matter of life and death certainly. Um, but it doesn't it doesn't mean that you're not allowed to grieve over your race being canceled it doesn't mean that you're not allowed to grieve over the fact that maybe some of your freedoms are being denied or, or whatever it may be and um it doesn't make it doesn't make uh your issue at hand less less important because like like many people michael that race was important to a lot of people that specific one and, and many others that have been canceled yeah absolutely and i, I do just want to say um the outpouring of support from friends and family and just random people uh, on social media people saying, uh, you know, don't worry, you'll get them in September, you know, keep your chin up, you know, keep kicking butt, all that, all those uh, encouraging words have meant a lot to me over this period of time. Uh, and my wife kind of reframed it in an, in an interesting way, even though I kind of disagreed with her at the time, but now I'm coming around to it. She said, you know, you've been living this dream for the last couple of years chasing Boston and, you know, you finally got the opportunity to do it. Um, and now you, you have a rare opportunity to have your dream be extended a little bit longer. And at first I said, well, it's a little bit better to just accomplish the dream rather than keep dreaming. But, uh, you know, I, I do get to keep dreaming now and, and keep thinking about it and keep it at the forefront of my mind and keep it as a motivator every day to, you know, get out there and put in a couple of miles. Yeah. Um, you know, keep, keep myself in good shape. So the dream has been extended and I'll be ready to go. Come, come September. Um, Michael, let me, let me tell you something too. And this is what I tell everybody. And I think Meredith is right in, in this situation for, for a lot of reasons. But the, the one reason is um, once you, once you cross that finish line or once you go to sleep that night, that day is over. Um, and you, you might have mm -hmm. a medal or you might have a jacket or whatever, but you won't, you'll never lose the whole journey that you undertook to get to where you are, you know? Um, so I look at a lot of athletes and one of my athletes, she was particularly frustrated. And I said, you know, you, you can't go race at Boston. She wanted to run 255 at Boston. She was probably in shape to do it. And um, I said, but would you trade your, would you trade your fitness, you know, for it? And she said, no, no, uh, because it's what I love to do. And I said, well, you're already doing what you love to do. Um, so I think what's really important is, is that we don't, in, in getting focused on the finish line is that we don't lose sight of the journey because the journey itself is the most important mm -hmm. part. You, you know, like you just see that over the last, you know, I, I put in 130 miles over the last 11 days. Um, but when I go race, you know, it all might be to, to do what, to run a, a 
31 mile race, um, you know, and this is just every, you know, month in and month out. And that's the part I love. I think the race is, it's important and symbolic, but, but don't lose sight of what's most important. And it was the journey that you undertook and all the things that running has brought you. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's not over yet. No, not at all, man. Not at all. Not even at Boston. I'm going to force you to run beyond that. So it's fine. (laughs) Not going anywhere. I'm looking for, I'm looking forward to it. Hey, I, I had already signed up for a 50 K that's two weeks after that. So I'll, I'll be in good shape heading into that. Yeah. Race. Or you'll be completely thrashed. So coin toss. Yeah. That's also yeah. the other, yeah. You, you know, glass full, half empty, whatever you want to do. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, but no, I think that might be a good time to wrap it up today. I think this is a very special sacred yeah. week for runners all over the world. Um, and it's a, it's a, it's a shame that it didn't happen given the, the current circumstances. And, you know, we had a lot of things this, uh, this week that are really important. Um, Pat got a, finally graduated to some big boy weights with 15 pounds and we had earth day, we had earth day yesterday. And, um, you know, I think so many people out there are hurting and struggling. And I think this is the time, um, while you can't physically go up and hug your neighbor or something know that a lot of people are struggling. And I think that uh, one challenge that I would issue to, to, to you two, to myself, uh, to all of my athletes listening to, and just anybody listening, um, go do something, go out of your way to do something really nice for somebody um, within the uh, realm of possibility, given the certain circumstances. I think when we serve others, we feel so much better. And I think that's the way we're going to get through this really tough time. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Well said, Mark. Well said. All right. Well, happy Earth Day, everyone. Uh, Peace out to everyone. And until next time, stay strong. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Finding Strong Podcast. As always, if this episode brought you value, um, please like, share, subscribe, rate us on iTunes, share us on Instagram, tell the world about us. Thanks again. And stay strong.